chapter 3, uh, the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 tonight. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your liberality. Thank you, worship team tonight, for your faithfulness uh, into the house of God. Jeremiah chapter 3, verses 6 through 11. There was a man uh, with a missing index finger who begins to tell the story of how a snake bit him when the stick broke. He kept a six-foot rattlesnake in a cage as a pet. One day, however, he took it into the living room and he released it to tease his wife. As she fled in terror, as the irritated snake twisted, the man pushed, uh, uh, sorry, as, uh, as she fled in terror, he quickly took a stick and placed it behind the reptile's control, uh, head, holding it firmly to the floor. As the irritated snake twisted the man, pushed harder to maintain control. As he was pushing the head of the snake, the stick gave way and with a loud crack, it broke. As quick as lightning, the rattler arched its back with its deadly fangs filled with venom, struck the man on the hand. Medical treatment saved his life, but his finger had to be amputated. And the theory, or rather the lesson from this story, is sin is exactly like a rattlesnake. You can tease, you can play with it, but it will never be satisfied until its poison is injected into your soul. When you dabble and flirt with sin, when you begin to think that somehow I can commit unrighteousness, somehow I can commit sin and get away with it, can I say to you, beloved, there are consequences just like this. In the scripture that we're about to read, you would find a word that is often used all through the Bible. A word we know as treacherous. It's an interesting word because it is a word that isn't very pleasing for you and I to hear. Yet in many verses in the Bible, you will find the repeat of this word, treacherous. And what it means tonight is simply being guilty of being involved in betrayal or deception. A treacherous person is a person who betrays someone else. A person who commits a form of treason. A person who commits a form of deception. A person who turns away and begins to stab someone on the back. So when you look at this text or when you look at this word, beloved, it goes to show tonight that the often cliché, or the notion that they say Christians are always saved isn't true anymore. Because the Bible does say there are Christians, there are believers who betray the Lord. One of those would be Peter as we know it. One of those would be Judas in the, in the sect of the disciples themselves. In Jesus' circle, there were two people that clearly, outrightly betrayed Jesus one way or the other. And this tells us tonight 
that as human beings, you and I are known, notoriously known in fact, to betray and to turn away from God. And this is evident by simply looking back at the inception of creation. The beginning of time, Adam and Eve, the sin and the fallen nature of man reveals to us that treachery, betrayal, and deception is well and alive in the hearts of men. And so let's look at this passage tonight in Jeremiah chapter 3. I'm not going to take too long tonight. Maybe I'll get you out of here by 8.30. But go to Jeremiah 3, 6 to 11. And let's look at that passage together tonight. The Bible begins to give us insight about the children of Israel. And, it's th and it begins to speak to us about its cousin sister, or we would call it the sister of Israel, known as Judah. And I want you to read this with me because there's a very interesting correlation in this passage to what I'm preaching to you on tonight. Jeremiah 3, 6 through 11 tonight. The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. And I said, after she had done all these things, return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister, Judah, saw it. Then I saw for all the causes of which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. God was offended with what Israel had done, right? This is, this is bad when God begins to issue a certificate. I want nothing to do with you. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but went and played the harlot also. In verses 9, so it came to pass through a casual harlotry. I want, you to, I want you to let that word stick right there. Casual harlotry. And I'll, and I'll elaborate a little later on that. But through a casual harlotry that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah had not turned to me with a whole heart, but in pretense, says the Lord. Verses 11, beloved, Then the Lord said to me, Backsliding Israel has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. I want to I spend time in this passage tonight because reference is made to two groups of people right here. Israel and Judah. Technically, Judah is the southern part of Israel or the southern kingdom as we know it of Israel and what had happened in the book of Chronicles if you have the time you go ahead and you read 2nd Chronicles chapter 34 you will find that here's an eight-year-old king Josiah his name who sparked and broke Israel into revival 
Idolatry began to break, uh, uh, was, was broken and cast down. Josiah began to preach the truth. He began to present to the children of Israel to turn from their wicked ways, to turn away from sin, to turn away from ungodliness. And through to those words, the nation turned and came to God. It was a season of revival. It was in fact such a season like never before where people were literally turning to God. People were literally coming to salvation. He honored the Lord. He walked in the ways of his father David. And the Bible says he never turned to the right or to the left. Second Chronicles chapter 34. We'll go ahead and put that text up. By the way, the title of the sermon, I got two titles here. Repent from backsliding or backsliding with style. I like this one. You'll remember this for a long time. Backsliding. You know where I got this title from? I was, I was, there, was a, there was a movie, or a, 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 what do you call that? Um, uh, a display that came up. And on that, on that, on that uh, display was this movie called Going in Style. And these are three old men, retired old men who go and ro rob a bank. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Morgan Freeman was one of the actors in it. Uh, and I don't remember watching it, but I know that I, that title, wow, that title really caught my attention, you know, going in style. So I thought backsliding in style sounds good, you know, but I'll tell you more of the reason why I called it backsliding in style in a moment. Second Chronicles 34, 1 to 2, it says Josiah was eight years old. Amen. Young man, young woman, you can do great things for God at that age. Right? He was eight years old when he became king and he reigned for 31 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. Now this right here sparked revival. This right here sparked revival for all of Israel. The southern part of it that we're referring to, which was Judah. And in this revival, as I said, it became a time where so many people turned back to God. It was so popular that for many, it was just a surface experience with God. They didn't have a direct experience of God touching them. They didn't have that one-to-one -one encounter. They saw the church, I'll use the church as, the, uh, uh, as an example to it. They saw the church and people were lifting hands and they were worshipping. They knew there was something real about it. They knew there was something significant. So they participated. They got involved. They got on their knees. They repented. They began to cry out to God. They worshipped God. They gave themselves to God, but it was all done on the surface. Are you with me? It was surface. It was just a very superficial encounter. And when trouble came, we can determine from this passage that because it was a superficial encounter, they were the first to turn their back on God. And God in our passage is confronting Israel. He is beginning to question them. He is beginning to call out on them and say, You played the harlotry. 
And the result of it is because when you begin to have no personal encounter with me, when you have no personal experience with me, it's all a drama, it's all pretension, it's all outward, and God confronts this, and He says, you go up on every high mountain, you go up on ev- under every green tree, and you commit harlotry with it. What does it mean? See, conversion this evening is the direct result of a person who has an encounter with God. A person's life who is a person's life who's changed. You can attribute that change to the fact that they had an encounter with God. It's not superficial. It's not just merely, uh, uh, you know, talking or speaking about something that they read in the Bible. This is why when I talk about finances, this is why when I talk about prayer, it's very personal to me. I've had encounters with God. I've experienced God in those arenas. So when I speak to you concerning those things, I'm not speaking about some other person's experience. I'm not speaking about merely the Word of God and what the Word of God says. I I'm speaking to you from what I've encountered. It's not superficial. It's not surface level. It's real. And that's what brings conversion. When you encounter God, when you experience God personally, this is the byproduct of why the children of Israel or Judah begin to go to the trees and they look. What does this speak of? It speaks of idolatry. It speaks of going to these things and they're flirting, they're mingling, they're messing themselves up with things that God has said you must, you must not turn to. These are things that they are running to right now and they're saying, would you take me in? Would you accept me? Oh, carnal friends. Oh, worldly music. Oh, you know, ungodliness, oh, unrighteousness, will you accept me? This could be the tree, this could be under the mountain or, or, you know, the mountains that God is referring. You know what? I want you to take me in. I'm not satisfied with God. I'm not satisfied with what God has given me. I'm not happy with what God has provided me. I want more, I want more. And they go and they search. Are you with me tonight? This offended God. This is the byproduct when puffery exists, when hype exists, when familiarity exists, and people don't have a direct, singular encounter with God. They all get hyped up just because everybody's excited. Have you had an encounter with God? Have you experienced God speaking to you in this past year? Have you experienced God touching you? In such a personal way, or are you just getting hyped up because we worship, or because we somehow sing songs of praise, or because you know somehow the preaching may may ignite some kind of yearning in your heart? Listen, beloved, the scripture calls this a dog who returns to its woman. In other words, you can be saved, but still flirting with mountains and trees ungodliness, unrighteousness. And we know that when the Bible speaks concerning backsliders, the Bible says they become seven times worse. When the demon is cast out of them, the Bible says the demon leaves 
and the demon comes back scouting seeing has this person become unclean impure shall we go back in and the bible says the spirit begins to you know begin to communicate and say you know what this person is unrighteous again let's go back in and he says when the demon comes back in when the spirit comes back in they don't just come back alone the bible says they come back with seven other demons this is why a backslider often doesn't just end at becoming bad, they become from bad to worse. It is flirting with ungodliness. It is mingling godliness with ungodliness. You see, backsliding isn't just the fact that someone, you know, takes the Bible and just, you know, ah, I don't want to go back to church anymore. No, no, no. Backsliding tonight is the very notion of saying, you know what, ungodliness is acceptable. I can be a Christian and still listen to this kind of music. Oh, you know what backsliding tonight is? Saying that, you know, I don't have to be in a Christian relationship with someone whom I'm going to marry. Compromising. Accept me. Take me in. I need somebody. I need this acceptance. And so backsliding, as often we hear it said, isn't this just outright burst of treachery where people just walk away but it is the very reality that they start associating light with darkness and say it's acceptable when Christians begin doing that they are on the route to backsliding if they are already not backsliding, they are on their way to backsliding. So let me say tonight, every backsliding begins with a thought. That's it. That's it. Look, look at Cain and Abel. It was a thought. Look at Genesis 3 verses 1. See, this is why you need to gird up the loins of your mind. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? What was it, beloved? The very first person to ever backslide in the Bible was Eve. And it all started with a thought that she permitted into her mind. Backsliding, as I said, isn't this physical outburst of rod, a drinking binge, a case of robbery or murder, or even adultery. The church world, can I say tonight, is filled with backsliders. Backsliding means tonight, it begins in the mind when a believer begins to entertain the thought that ungodliness can be mingled with godliness. Unrighteousness can mingle with unrighteousness isaiah chapter 5 verses 20 woe to those who call evil good and good evil yeah. amen. amen that means when you start saying the world's ways are acceptable 
When you start giving approval to the things that the world does and say, oh, that is not wrong at all, that is acceptable. When you start accepting ungodliness in your home, when you start saying this is acceptable. You know, I, I saw an image today. It was so interesting. They, say, they showed a picture and they put two different images together. One of it was a young uh, a group of uh, kids that were sitting in church and then the author says they call this child abuse because they, they pull their children to church. They make their children sit down during the sermon. The parents make the children pull their Bibles out, read the Bibles and so the world calls that child abuse. Okay? But the very next image are two men who are sitting next to each other, their gays, holding a baby each, and then the, he goes on to say, but the world calls this love. Are you getting what I'm saying tonight? You're going to have to be careful what you believe today. Because you don't backslide just because you walk away from church. You don't backslide just because you start going on a drinking binge. You don't backslide just because you start cussing or swearing or saying... No, no, no. It starts... How you think. You can sit in church, you can be worshipping God, and yet still be backslidden in heart. Because of the way you think. You've called what is evil good, and what is good evil. You no longer are in tune with God. If you want to listen to a radio channel, you're going to have to be in tune with that particular channel. And now God, God has made it clear, this is not right, this is wrong, this is ungodly, this is unright. But we, because of the lack of what we know, we've mingled it together. This is what Eve had done. This is what Eve attended to. She was convinced that what God said was good, wasn't good. Look, look at what the Satan said to her. Has God indeed said you shall not eat? What did God say? God said of all the trees you can eat. And so in her mind, the thought it, that struck her was simply the fact that, is it true that this is good but God doesn't want me to eat of it? That thought and that thought alone began to deliberately lead her down the wrong path. So now she thinks what God said is good is not good. What God said is bad wasn't really bad. So when God says do not commit adultery, there are Christians who justify it. They don't just call it out as sin and say this is bad. They justify it. Now God says don't tell a lie. Oh, but it's a system. What is bad has now become good. So you must realize tonight, you don't backslide because of your action. You backslide because of how you think. Jeremiah 7.24 Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. Well, what made them go backwards? Look, look at the passage. 
Isaac, go ahead and put that up again. What made them go backwards? They, their lack of obedience and their refusal to incline their ear. You know what inclining your ear is? It's like going to... This is God's word, isn't it? Right? Amen? Amen? Are we on the same page? This is God's word. So what do we do? We incline. Speak to me. God, speak to me. God, speak to me. This is, this is in action what you should be doing in the spiritual. God, I want you to speak to me. So when that desire disappears, when obedience is no longer the prim- priority, you begin to entertain thoughts that lead you down further from God. Now you're not moving forward anymore. You're now moving backwards. And our text reveals God divorcing. You notice, beloved, He uses this this strong word. You, You remember in the book of Malachi, God says, I hate divorce. You remember in the book of Matthew, chapter 19, God says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. But to be separated from God because of backsliding. He separates himself from Israel and Judah. I'm not, I'm not going to take a wild jab in the dark, but I would say, beloved, there are many Christians who sit in churches today who God is no longer with them. See, that's the reality. You cannot live in sin. In fact, I feel compelled. I want you to come on Tuesday night. I want to show you a sermon that Pastor Greg Mitchell preached. It is going to help you. He preached a sermon on arrows. And and I heard that yesterday morning. And I was thinking, wow, what a profound message. But I think what I'm saying tonight will tie in with that. Because you cannot expect, beloved, to live a sinful, ungodly, unrighteous life, never making decisions for God, and expect God to be by your side. If people cannot tolerate us, they walk away from us. And God will never tolerate sin. And He has no reason to remain. Listen very carefully, beloved. Though He is a God of mercy, He is a God of grace, I say to you tonight, He is also a God of justice. As believers, casual harlotry, what does it mean? What does casual harlotry, you know what it means? When I need satisfaction, I go look for it. You're not, a, you're not committing it. You're not committing this sin on a day-to-day basis. You're not doing this. You know, it's not a lifestyle to some degree. You're not going and looking for this ungodliness every single hour, every single day. But occasionally, once in a blue moon, they used to have a term, those days, I'm a social drinker. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> How social do you get when you drink socially? You know, uh, you know I, and, and, and casual. Casual. That means, you know, when, when I feel like, you know, I feel like God's not enough, I go start looking for sin. 
When I don't feel like, you know what, God is satisfying me anymore. I go look for ungodly. I go, you know, and I start searching for things to satisfy me. Pastor, you don't understand. You know, every man needs to sin every once in a while. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, you mock God's power when you do that. He is powerful enough to give you power to say no to sin. Oh, but I'm only human. I get it. Jesus was also human. See, this is the type of lifestyle that mocks the power of God. A little bit of unrighteousness here. A little bit of unrighteousness there. Pastor, are you preaching that we should live a perfect life? Absolutely not. I'm preaching that we should all crave for God's power to be in our lives. To have the power to say no to ungodliness. Because the Bible tells us, beloved, that backsliding separates us from God. This type of a lifestyle, a believer that bows down to the ways of the world, a believer that gives in to the demands of the world, a believer that flirts with the standards of the world to get what they want. Remember, I preached on mammon last week. People will do anything to have what they want in life. That's what mammon is. They will sell themselves. I remember one of the brothers who was, who was sharing with me, he left a company because what they did was they took their employees into, uh, uh, for, for uh, what do you call that, for company trips. And what they would do is they would get a male and a female to sleep together. They were just staffs. But they would do that just because they want to. And he said, Pastor, I left. Because I'm not putting up with that ungodliness. I'm not putting up with that sin. I'm not putting up with that unrighteousness. You begin to say, oh, that's the only way to make it to the top. That's the only way to be favored by your boss. That's the only way the boss will give you a bonus. Is that more important than your body and your life? You see, a backslider will jump at that. But a righteous person will say, no. Jeremiah 2.27. This is so interesting. The Bible says in Jeremiah 2.27, saying to a tree, you are my father. Sounds <laughs> so stupid, is it? I mean, I, you are my father. Right? I mean, <laughs> you know, but that's what we do with sin. I'm not listening to my spiritual father. I'm not listening to my heavenly father. Money, you are my father. You are my father. Job, you are my father. I don't want to listen to my heavenly father. I don't want to listen to my spiritual father. I don't even listen to my biological father. You become my father. Whatever you say, I do. This is what God is saying, that, that they've come to that place where they've start embracing this. And then He says to the stone, you gave birth to me. <laughs> For they've turned back. I mean, I don't know whether God was trying to say that you're so stupid as a stone or, you know, I, I don't. But, but the point is, beloved, who in their right mind would do this? But can I tell you, Christians do this every day. You don't outrightly say to your phone, you gave birth to me. You treat it like it gave birth to you. <laughs> Are you with me? 
you don't say uh, to your to to you know to your wallet or to your money uh, you know what oh you gave birth to me no you don't do that but you know what you do you obviously treat it like it gave birth to you are you with me tonight you don't treat, you know, your job uh, like, you know what, it is, it is your, you know, you know, oh, this is my father per se. But you treat it like it is your father. And this is exactly where the problem lies in tonight. Listen very carefully. Isaac, go ahead and put that up. For they have turned their back to me and not their face. But in the time of their trouble, they will say, arise. And save us. Now let me ask you, have you heard of any Christians like that? A lot. When they are when life is going well for them, who needs God? Money is my father, job is my mother. <laughs> huh? And and then you know, or video game is my you know, my 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 gave birth to me, you surely treat it like it gave birth to you. <laughs> you know, right? And then when trouble comes, when the money in the bank account is running down, when cancer hits, when struggles of life comes, you turn back to God. God says that's a spirit of backsliding. This is the quality tonight of a backward Christian where Christians acknowledge and, ex and express their allegiance to other things besides God. God becomes negotiable in their lives. God is sidelined accessory. When we need Him, when the circumstances of life gets hard, when it seems unfavorable, then we turn to Him. All of this while being a Christian and being in church. You can be in church, but as the Bible says, your heart far from God. I received a text from a man this week. He's not, a, not doesn't come to this church, but he's a Christian. And he said, bro, you know, we need to pray together. I said, Okay, but the day before, he just told me a lie. He just told me something and he told me, you know what, you just go ahead and then this is what we need to tell those people, this is what we need. And it was a clear, outright lie. But let's pray because when we need God, God must come. Isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that how it works always? We know when to turn back to God. We know when to come to God for help. We know when to pray. The rest of the time, we want to be like heathens. But when we need help, let's pray. Let's believe God together. So let's go on and let's talk as we bring this down. You see, the main passage that caught my attention, why did I title the sermon, Backsliding with Style? I didn't title that because I didn't have a better title. Because I want you to see what God says here. As you look at this text in, Je in Jeremiah chapter 3, it's so fascinating. God says, in verses 10, 
And yet for all this, her treacherous sister Judah has not turned to me. With what? Isaac. Has not turned to me with her whole heart. But then it goes on to say, but in pretense. And then it goes on to say in verses 11, this is the kicker here. This is the kicker. Then the Lord said to me, backsliding Israel has shown herself more righteous than the treacherous Judah. You know what it means or not? Very simply, this is what God is saying. What is worse than backsliding is pretending. Amen. That is worse than backsliding. That means when I come to church and I pretend and hypocrisy is flowing from me, you know, oh, I love the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the moment you walk out, you start cussing and swearing. With the same mouth, you bless God, the Bible. And with the same mouth, you curse others. Amen. And God says, that is worse than backsliding. If you want to backslide, backslide, leave, go, go, don't live for me, go. But you know what's worse? When you try to pretend you're a Christian and you're not. That's worse than backsliding. God reprimanded Judah that they have been in pretension. Remember I told you in the beginning, they stepped into a season of revival. They encountered God. But you know what? It was not wholehearted. They never came to God wholeheartedly. It was an outward appearance. It was merely a religious gesture. You know, bow down, kneel down. You know, they lifted their hands. They sang. They did all. It was just a mere religious gesture. But like the Bible says, their heart was far from me. They've gone into an expressive form of Christianity, but they've never gone deeper in their relationship with God. So I'm asking you tonight, have you grown? Are you moving forward? Has your prayer life moved on? Have you been maturing as a Christian? Or have you been moving backwards? Hypocrisy tonight is a form of lying. Amen. In other words, I put on a show in front of people. It is a physical act of lie, of a lie. When people look at me, they think I'm the most super spiritual person. They think I'm the most godly man around. They think that, you know what? Oh, this man really fears God. But it's all but an outward appearance. It's, a, it's drama. It's not true. And it, the Bible gives us insight that that is worse than turning your back on God. To be a hypocrite and to remain unchanged. Jeremiah 3.11 Then the Lord said to me, Backsliding Israel has shown herself more righteous than treacherous Judah. It is God's way of saying this tonight. Listen, I said all of that to say this. Make up your mind. You got to make up your mind. If it's all drama, stop it. Amen. If it's all an outward appearance, stop it. 
Come clean. Say, God, I've been pretending to be in love with you, but I don't love you. God, I've been pretending to be on fire, but I don't, I'm not on fire for you. God, I've been pretending to, to, to sing to you, but my heart is not in there. My whole heart is not there. And God says, that's worse than just backsliding. That's worse than packing your bags and walking out the church and say, I don't want to come back to church. Are, are you getting the gist of this? I'm not telling anybody to leave, please. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to help you understand. It's better to make up your mind and say, I don't want this anymore than to be in church and say, yeah, I love God. But deep down in your heart, you really don't love Him. It's God's way of saying, make up your mind. Stop sitting on the fence. Either be hot or be cold. The truth be told, when you sit on the fence... Can I, can I be very honest, open with you, beloved? James, the Bible says in James, when a man doubts in his heart, do not, ex, do, not, do not assume that he will ever receive anything from God. When doubt is present, when a man doesn't live for God, when a man or a woman doesn't walk in God's ways, you can pray until the cows come home. God says, you will never get anything from me because your life is not in tune with me. That's what James says. So, <laughs> if you're hypocrite, if you're being a hypocrite, you're wasting your time. Get it right. Get right with God. Come clean and say, you know what? I don't want to pretend because you will never get anything from God. So, how do we cure from this? Very, very interestingly, let's close with this. Repentance is the only form of recovery from hypocrisy and backsliding. So whichever category you fall under tonight, that's why I've called it backsliding with style. Because it seems like backsliding is more righteous to God than hypocrisy. So you can actually say, hey, I'm a backslider. I, at least I'm not a hypocrite. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? <laughs> you know, hey, are you a Christian? No, 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 I'm not a Christian. I'm a backslider. <laughs> it's slide. You know, I, I've, I've slid back. But at least I'm not a hypocrite, man. <laughs> you know, it sounds better than the other. <laughs> this is for all those backsliders out there. <laughs> you, want to, you want to kind of give people, you know, a more, uh, this, this is for you. Jeremiah 3, 7, look at what the scripture says. And I said, after she had done all these things, what did God say? Return to me. You know, God's heart has never been to just merely swipe people off the planet and just kill them and say, to hell with all of you. God has always been a God of grace and mercy. He's always been a God of compassion. He's always been a God who has given His people second chances. This is the God we serve. And this is why, beloved, you and I should be thankful and count it a privilege to say, God, you know what? I've taken you for granted. I am sorry. I need to return to you, God. I want to have an encounter with you. Not just on the surface level. I don't want my relationship with God to be my father's or my mother's relationship. I want my own relationship with God. I don't want my relationship with God to be my leader's relationship or, you know, my pastor's relationship. Whatever story he shares, you know, I can kind of like, yeah, God is great. No, what about you? Return to God. 
Come back to Him. Stop turning away from Him. Stop living a life of hypocrisy. Whichever category we fall under tonight, whether we are playing games with God, whether we are putting on a pretension when we are in church, or we are pretending to love God, or we are pretending to say, oh, you know, I read the Bible, or we, on the other hand, we are totally backslidden. Come back. Come back. Come back. Every day, our litmus test is this. Where does my relationship with God really stand? Have I been growing? Have I been drawing closer to God? Do I feel Him more today than I did six months ago? These are things we must question ourselves with. Because if you're not careful, you can be sliding back unconsciously or subconsciously. You might be stinking. You, not stinking, but thinking. You might be thinking. You know, the things that you do and the things that you're participating, your thoughts, you know, everything that's going on. Maybe your mind has evolved and changed. You no longer think in line with God's word. You have listened too much to the world that your speech has become almost carnal and worldly. Now there's an absence of faith in your speech. Six months ago, if I spoke to you, six months ago, if someone spoke to you, they would hear words of faith. They would hear words of courage. They would hear words that come from the throne of God. They would hear the word of God being quoted and spoken. But six months later today, it seems like, you know what seems to be more attractive is the wise men on the internet. No longer what God says. Why? Have you become smarter? Or has God become more stupid? See, if we're not careful, we can slowly drift away from God. We can slowly start allowing doubt to settle in. These are the questions we must ponder. So the challenge tonight is God is calling His people to repentance. Will you repent? Will you come before His throne and say, God, you know what? I have backslid God in my mind. God, I'm not being real with who I am. I'm putting on a front. You know, thank God for mask. But Christians started wearing masks a long time before this. They come to church and they had a mask on. You know, and, and, and you could never tell, you know, wow, so godly, lah. so right. But you never could tell. Remove the mask, not the, the COVID-19, not the, you know, but remove the spiritual mask. Remove the mask that you are blocking people from seeing who you really are. Get it right. Be real. Be a godly person. Be a righteous. I'm not, I'm not telling you tonight, you know, that's a different sermon altogether. Be real, you know, be, be the person that you are, you know, and just be who you want to be. No, I'm challenging you tonight. That God has got power to change your life. If you repent, He can give you the strength to say no to sin. You can be real. And in that, when we come before God in repentance, we will face His mercy, His grace. And when we turn from our wicked ways, 
we come clean. See, this is where the problem lies in, and I close with this. Many a times, people want to live in sin, and they want to claim to say, God is merciful and God is gracious. Am I right? I mean, they want to commit sin, and then they want to say, God will understand. No, God's mercy and God's grace is on us when we repent. That means when I come to God and say, I am sorry, that's where He shows His grace and mercy. That is where he, ref- he, he expresses His grace. You know, you cannot live in sin and say, God, His mercy is with me, His grace is with me. It doesn't make sense. Light and darkness cannot fellowship. How do you think you can sin and then expect God's mercy there? It doesn't happen. But if you will repent, say, God, I'm sorry I messed up. I made a mistake. I blew my life up. I shouldn't have done this, God. I've turned away from you. God, I've been a hypocrite all this time. God, I'm repenting tonight. And it is in that repentance that grace and mercy will come upon you. See, beloved, as we close tonight, the Bible says in Jeremiah 3.22, Return, you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. You know why I read that? I, I think Isaac, I didn't give you that, right? But go ahead and put it up, bro. Uh, 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 and I will heal your backsliding. I want you to know tonight that the only way to finding recovery from backsliding is having a personal healing touch from God. And that's what we're going to come to the altar tonight for. God, I've turned my back on you. God, I've said things that I know that are not in line with your word. God, I've been, hypoc- I've been playing hypocrisy. I've not been clean, God. I've not been who I am. I've been putting on a show. But tonight, Repentance brings healing. Healing belongs to God, not to us. One touch from God can heal you tonight. And that is the healing power we need in this place tonight. But you must come repenting. God, I, I messed up. I made a mistake. God, I, and then seek for God's healing. I want you to bow your heads tonight with me. Very simple message tonight and I didn't think I'll go that long. But we're going to close tonight's service. We're going to conclude